What's up, fellow producers? What is up? This episode, we are going to talk about how to get paid as a music producer. It is important to it get important. paid. Yeah, if you want to do this as a career, that's right. you need to know how to get paid exactly. in the different ways. That's right. And the different methods. That's right. Multiple streams There's of income. Multiple streams, because if you're if you're only having one, that's not good. You're too close to zero. That's right. <laughs> and man, this could be something that you want to do full time. It could be a side hustle. Yep. So just uh, little tips and tricks that we've learned over the what what's our combined? Would you say fifty? Years. Almost fifty years of doing this that we can help you guys. Uh, make a little money, hopefully. Yep, we're going to hook you guys up. We're going to go in depth. We have a bunch of different points that we're going to talk about. But before we jump in, actually, I'm Rome. And I'm Ray. We make music. <laughs> music producers, you already kind of said we've been doing it for a long time. That's so right. We've been here doing it for a while, and we want to help you all learn how to do it, too. Absolutely. Mate, we want to help you guys reach your goals. Yep, reach your goals. That's it. Um, so we mm. want to give you guys something for free. Free, you ready? Fordproducer.com slash ISP for Industry Standard Productions. It is a seven-step course to get their productions up to industry standard. Exactly. You know, next some, level. Next level. We want you all to get some good quality product out there so you could maintain either a side hustle or a career out of this. Yep. Because if your stuff is trash, you ain't getting hired. Now, definitely. If you if you watch that and it's free, guys, so go to Fordproducer.com slash ISP. Yep. It's completely free. It's definitely going to level up your production for yep, sure. For Help sure, you for get sure. paid. For and that's sure. what we're talking about today. Yep. <laughs> Segwaying into our conversation. <laughs> so the first thing we're going to talk about is having a studio to the public. Yeah, so this one is really interesting to me because, yes, I've been producing a long time, but I've never had my studio open to the public. Mm -hmm. But I know you have, Rome, right? Yeah, that was like since I was young, I always wanted to record people. Yeah, but so, only, so, the only way I knew to do it is. So how'd you get started on on that? Like, what did you having do? my own studio? Yeah, having your own studio. So the and previous episode, we talked about me having a garage. Right, so right. Was like, well, right. at first it was like when I was a teenager. I ended up after I graduated high school, I moved in with a buddy, yeah. and he had uh, what did he have? He had a like a four bedroom, five bedroom home. Yeah. And I I put the studio up in there. Is that the one where you stapled the pillows? No, this is this is <laughs> the precursor to that. So <laughs> it was in a home there and I recorded a couple of bands in there, but it was like, you know, it was friends, you know, just side project. Yeah. The moving going to CF and I and did like didn't have a studio then, still wanted it. I mm -hmm. had plans out to like I drew out what I wanted my studio to look like and then mm -hmm. finally moving out and then I did the garage, the pillow garage. Pillow. Pillow garage. You got to tell that story again one day. Yeah, well, in the future. We, if you haven't heard it, just jump down <laughs> to a previous episode. I think it was episode two or three. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, but hey, we're on episode seven. Seriously? Yeah, we're on. We're in the top percentile Dude, podcast. I've just been putting my head down and working. <laughs> Me too. But we're keeping track of it because you know it's good to have little markers. There you go. So I, I think I told you. Well, about congratulations, that congratulations, to us Ray. On we number seven. <laughs> number seven. The number of completion. Once we get to a hundred, that's when we're like very high that's, level podcasting that's right <laughs> so hopefully we'll be there in a few weeks <laughs> almost 100 weeks <laughs> so anyways i had the that's two the years garage. <laughs> yeah maybe we'll, bust, we'll have to double duty on the that's podcast right. exactly. but we had uh the garage and then coming out here to austin mm -hmm. i actually partnered with the church 
local church in Round Rock, and they had a facility for it. They had like a radio station, and then I ran the studio there. Oh, that's cool. That was kind of the real first, like as a, structured as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, well, hey, walk us through how how did you? Man, that's a good point. Like, how did you start the business part of the studio? Like, how how did you make it a business? Uh, so the biggest thing was probably doing it as a website. Ah, right. Because at the time, let me think what year was. So you built the website for your studio. Yeah. Said, hey, come. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then did Google business, my business landing page, pretty much anywhere that had a place that you could sign up for free and put your URL. Uh huh. Because it's free and it helps link to your website. The mm-hmm. website was the main way to link people. You know, and Google My Business is powerful too. If you do a if you do a public studio, you need to Google My Business and get that location set up, verify oh, your address. Okay. Yeah. That way if people are in the area Round Rock and they search recording studio, it'll pop up. Oh, okay, nice. So nice. one way. Like I said with the garage studio, it yeah. was it was uh I got ranked really high because I just stayed active and putting got content it. on the website. Yeah. So yeah, that's how the public studio started. Just so what? A website. So when you were starting, uh, what gear did you use to start with? Uh, what did the, you have at the at the church? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, because that's what we're talking about—the first public, <laughs> right? First public. <laughs> Let me think about it. Uh, so we had. What did I start with? I started with an old Mac Pro One, comma one tower. The cheese grater one? Yeah, the original cheese oh, grater. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I had one of those. Yeah, original cheese grater one. And then I was running Windows on it because- it, Really? Yeah, because I ran Windows 7, and Windows 7 for me was like super uh, stable. And then it had like OS Jaguar, some old one that had the older version of Pro Tools. What, uh, were you using Pro Tools? I was using Pro Tools 11, nice. I think. Nice. So it had offline balance. Woo! and then windows was super stable so i used that and the interface was the pro fire 2626 yeah i know that which we were on a coaching call and ray had like what'd you think it was a headphone distributor yeah and i was like that's right i was like dude that's a pro fire 2626 i was i went i did many somebody gave that to me said hey do you want this yeah i was like yeah i need a headphone amp yeah <laughs> and it had FireWire, so it worked on my little FireWire four hundred. Oh, really? That ain't FireWire eight hundred. Eight hundred is like a square one, right? That's right. And four hundred is like the kind of it looks like a upside down uh, door, like a, a knob. Yeah, well, I don't know. Anyway, one's U shape, one is square shape. Right there, you go. <laughs> right, right. So I used that, and then what I did since it was twenty six, it only had eight inputs. Uh huh. So I used the Behringer. Yeah, AD eight hundreds, whatever they are, yeah. two of those. Put them in a little box, which I think on my social you could see when my wife and I built it in the garage in the pillar garage. So I just oh, used wow. that as an interface thing and put it on the desk. Like oh, the wow. studio was really furnished well, it was built out well. It had like a huge desk. Uh huh. And I just brought the computer, plugged it in, brought a snake, routed it to the live room, routed another snake to the little side room. So, oh, you actually had a room that you could record drums in. Oh, we had a big live room. Nice. Yeah. And then the control room was That's really legit. big, soundproof. Because they had, the, the church had like a, a, wherever they were renting it from, had a radio station upstairs. Uh-huh. Like kind of on another a higher building. Right. And the radio station was just running. So I guess their idea was to get the studio to kind of furnish or yeah. send musical content to the radio station. Right. So it was all set up. They, originally when they told us, they brought us in there, they said it was a dance studio. Ah. Because the live gotcha. room was like, big wooden floors and it had a window gotcha 
and we're like, this isn't a dance. They use it as storage. Oh, whatever. So I'd give him a business proposition, said, hey, I'll pay you guys X. 40% or whatever. Any session comes through, and they said, sure. And then that was it. Well, that actually leads me to my next question. <laughs> How much did you charge? I charged originally, I charged hourly. Okay, hourly. I charged 40. All right, so 40 an hour, so a 10-hour day? I didn't even do I I rarely did days. So man, if they were in there, they were paying. Nice. Yep. And I didn't really know like cuz I came which we'll talk about in the story later. I came from the garage studio. Yeah. Where I worked with rappers. And I guess now like I took good pictures of it of the studio so it showed a big live room. We had the drum <laughs> set up. <coughs> Sorry, y'all. You all right? <coughs> hey, I, I got my coffin a few weeks ago, remember? Right. <laughs> Sorry. Wrong pipe. This is live, by the way. <laughs> We're live. I know. <laughs> Good thing is you didn't, you didn't cough in the mic. We're smart with that. We don't right, want to blow exactly. the ears That'd out. be bad. <laughs> so we set up the drums. We uh -huh. have, You ever heard of the Zepp kit? Uh-uh. There's a Ludwig Led Zeppelin, Zeppelin kit, the John Bonham kit that has like the 13 rack. I love Ludwig. 26 bass drum. Oh, wow. 16 floor, 18 floor. <laughs> Big drums. I bet you that sounded fantastic. Oh, it was... Put it's some Evans EC2s on it, clear. And you were doing that with rap? No. Oh. This is at the new studio. Oh, okay. I was trying to get, I've always been trying to get away from rap, but I'm good at it and people <laughs> contact me for it. So. Right. So we were there and took a bunch of pictures just to put on the website, put on Google. So we had like the tube amp mic'd up. We uh -huh. had the drum set mic'd up and a wide shot of that okay. in the control room where the mics are, you know, are the the vocal room yeah and we had a little storage closet where we put the amps and all that so and you were charging 40 bucks an hour 40 an hour gotcha. at the beginning okay and then just started going up and what, like what you should went up now uh i think after i left it was at like 60 oh wow yeah. so how did you <clears throat> so you you marketed on your website and social socials and all that kind of thing so that, that was kind of part of my questioning it's like how did you scale how, how did you go from like one client in the studio to like 10 uh really just just kept kept marketing how long did it take you uh mm. to what to get the first client well yeah well to get the first client and then to scale it to where you were actually seeing some good money uh right off the right off the jump dang yeah first clients popped in and i was just i had clients often and i lived all I right lived. so how, how many days a week were was the studio being used there you uh, go maybe like three no way. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then another day would be like me in there. An average, how many hours were they working? Mm, maybe like three or four. Dude, that's not bad. Not bad. And I was, I lived down the street. Honest, like I lived less than a block away. Now, were you there the whole time that they were in the studio, or did you let them be? Yeah, because there was. Uh, I don't know if I ever want to say this story. <laughs> there was issues with. A, another individual thinking that they should be in there and having access to it and uh -huh. they actually had a key and then all my equipment's in there and it was really I was uh, I was aware of not letting people mess up my equipment uh -huh. and the other individual was the type of person that would sabotage so oh. anytime that I, uh, someone was in the session I was there and I was running the session that's probably smart yeah and I man I got contacted by so many people wanting to intern which is part of the reason why we started Forward Producer because so many people were like, hey, can I intern? I'm yeah. Like, no, if I let you all in, there'd be 17 people in here right now, you know? Right. So now we're going to try to digitally help people so they don't have to come and intern. That's exactly they right. They can if they want. Yeah. But, yeah well, dude, that's, that's a very cool story, man. Yeah. 
So you just opened up. People started coming in right away. You were charging $40 an hour. Yeah, uh, that's just, a little. I just find from a lot of leads came from Google My Business because they're just search Round Rock Recording Studio. Wow. And then, uh, dude, that's a great side hustle. It was awesome. It was like, I loved it. So you were making maybe 400 a week? Yeah, probably about that. That's not bad. Yeah, for a couple hours. And then, not to mention, working on my own music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was A1. So, that yeah, that's where I, where I was. I'm more, like, I was more project-based. Right. For me. And, yeah. go ahead. Uh, we're, we could talk about the project thing, but we have a couple other points. Yes. Yeah. Project-based, or actually, you could talk about it. We were going to describe hourly and project, like the because I already talked about hourly. So, but you could talk about like what that what the differences are, right? So, with, with you know project based, and I personally like to to do that. Like, of course, you know, my studio was not open to the public, right? So, I liked having the project based, you know, and I would. You Did know, you have a commercial facility? Remember, we couldn't get the word right. It's commercial. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not have a commercial. Right, I had I had my home studio. Right, that was a lot of people could relate to. Like that's right, exactly. So I I had my home studio, uh, and if I needed a commercial studio to do drums or something like that, I would just jump over, pay. But but even in Nashville, um, it is hourly, but they'll also set a a day rate for you at at usually ten hours. You said there's a lot of home studios in Nashville, right? Yeah, there's a lot of home studios, but the commercial ones too pretty much will set a day rate for you. Dude, I saw something in Nashville that they have like a strip or a community of houses that's zone commercial. Mm-hmm. I saw it on YouTube and they converted those houses into commercial studios, but it's a house. Where? I forgot. It's somewhere on, on YouTube. Is that recent? Uh, well, because I know, you know, Music Row, 16th and 17th Avenue, see, those, those all it. used to be old houses. That's probably it. Yeah, well, that, yeah, Music Row, I mean, it's been there since the 80s. Oh, really? Actually, probably 70s. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's so, new to me. <laughs> and they, they uh, people actually used to live in those houses, and then companies bought them. Then they would put studios in them. They would put management offices, publishing offices, they all that stuff. They rezoned it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but anyway, yeah. So Nashville, the the they'll do yes hourly, but they'll also do a day rate. So usually based on ten hours. So that's that's kind of what I'm used to there. But then uh, project wise. I knew pretty much how how long it was going to take me. Yeah. So that's kind of how I would rough in my my project time. But I liked it because if I wanted to stay in my studio, let's say, and um, I don't know, just be super creative because you know sometimes creativity takes takes you a while. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want a clock ticking on me when I'm trying to be creative, trying to figure that out. So right. that's why I like. The, the project um, type of income. It's just free to run. And let yeah, it... you're free to run. Now, you got to make sure it's good enough, right? So project is they're just going to pay a one flat rate. And, and then I have to turn want, in the project. They want the album. That's right. Like your like your first project, right? A, exactly. Got you. Yeah, my very first project, did I did I tell that story? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. The A that wasn't. Yeah, they gave right. me 20 grand. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, exactly. you, made, you made $13 out of the that's whole thing. Right. That's right. So also with the project, uh, depending on the size, right? So you could have three song project. You could do a whole twelve song, right? You could do a single. So really, what it is, the project price comes out basically per song. Mm-hmm. So I know, for, like, I need depending on what 
I'm producing in the in the type of production three to five thousand a track mm-hmm. in order to make that go. You know, because once you when you do a project, you're responsible to turn in the turn in the project. Right. Fully ready to go. So mix, mastered, ready to upload to, you know, Spotify or whatever. Yeah, and all that doesn't have to be done by you, but Correct. You have to present the end product. Uh, yeah, I'm responsible to turn it. In other words, I like to use this comparison. You're the contractor of a house. And then you get subcontracts. You don't have exactly. Right. That's exactly right. So we could also talk about uh, points and percentages, also, because uh-huh. we talked about the hourly way of getting paid. Mm-hmm. This is all kind of precursor to talking about the different ways of getting the income. We're just talking about how, like, the typical three is your hourly project. In percentage, yeah, points. and those can be combined too, and variations of those. Exactly. So hourly is getting paid for your hour. Per hour, right? <laughs> Project is flat rate for the whole thing. Yep. And points are back in, back in. <laughs> right. So uh, you can negotiate depending on. And listen, I usually don't do this unless I really, really believe in the artist. Mm-hmm. And really, really think their talent can has what it takes, mm-hmm. and also really believe that them as a person, right? Okay, has what it takes to push through this noise, especially in today's market, right? right. So if that's the case, and I feel good about all that, and they feel good about me, right? So it's definitely a two way. We can do a a percentage or points on the back end as money, but basically you'll co own the track yeah, with the artist. Right. And you can do 50-50, 60-40. You know, if it's, you know, if you're putting in a lot of money, you can mm-hmm. even do an 80-20 mm-hmm. producer or artist, which is actually more like a label deal anyway. Right. Anyway, so... You could potentially make a lot more money in the long run or you could potentially make a lot less money. Correct. nothing happens. You can make nothing. You can make something. <laughs> or a lot, right. Exactly. So that's, I think that's a good point to talk about is like, Hourly is a for sure amount of money that's coming in. No matter what. But you're exchanging your time for money, uh-huh. uh, which you are technically on the other ones too, but this is more like you have the exact amount. But once those hours are done, they're done. You're you don't done. make any no more. money's coming in. That's exactly right. So that might be like uh, an option, which I think I might have done that in a project of like I charge them a little less hourly and then took points as well. Yep. Definitely done it on a project mm-hmm. where it's a flat rate, but took a little less and right. then took points. Right. So that's an option too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, yeah, you can combine those three in any any way you yep. see fit or any way that you're comfortable doing that mm-hmm. with the artist. Yep. And that's something to think about, too, of like the recording the recording side, mm-hmm. um, the mixing side. Usually recording side, studios will charge a day rate or hourly. Uh-huh. It's not just like, well, you it's a project. It's like, well, I'm going to be here for 13 weeks and right. we blocked out this rate. They're going to be like, no, we need a, some form of hourly if not daily what right yeah typically like i said in nashville for something like that it will uh, they'll calculate it based on the daily yeah so and then a day is based on 10 hours now if you're in there for 12 they don't they don't really care or if you come in super early mm-hmm. you know they, they'll just you know that's the Depending part on of the place that's right but then if you're going to be in there for three four weeks then they'll even hook yeah. you up so more it's, yeah it's a, a volume thing yeah so that that's like the recording side, the mixing side. I guess I'm thinking more from like being the mixer. Uh huh. You probably want to go project base. Oh yeah. Because like you you, it always turns into a thing of like 
well, you took a lot of time on this and it's not what I want, so I'm going to have to get more revisions and updates and it's going to cost me more. Right. Or for you, if you're quick at it and you are busting it out in 30 seconds, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even really hit an hour, you're not getting paid for what you're, all the work that you put into it. Right, and for, for the, the mixing part, yeah, you're right. Like, like really take the time to do your homework mm-hmm. and find out, okay, is, is this the right mix engineer for my stuff? Yeah. Because if it's not, then you're, you're not going to be happy with it. He's going to be spending hours and hours. He might charge you for revisions. Well, I'm thinking if, if the people watching are the mixer, too. Maybe they want to get into just mixing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's good for them to know both ways, too. I mean, if they're singer-songwriter, it's good to know. That's right. Or if you're the main producer, like what you're talking about, where you're the contractor and you're yeah. subcontract, good to know. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably the same thing for mastering. Yep. Same thing, project base. Mm-hmm. Although probably give you a package deal, which mixers do the same thing. We're like, you got yep. ten songs, bam, boom, X. Yeah. Or they say they have a typical one song thing, which is probably more than charging the full gamut of uh, an album. Right. Right. So those are the differences of hourly mm-hmm. project points. That's you right. Can combine them all if you want. What else you got? Uh, mm-hmm. So one of the things that. Uh, we were going to talk about when it comes to like having a public studio, mm-hmm. which I have a bunch of plaques up there from previous work I did. <laughs> we saw a thing on Instagram about uh, our TikTok, one of those social media. Y'all got to see that. <laughs> He's talking about a small investment for a big outcome. Buy a bunch of fake plaques. Fake plaques. Like, I, don't, I don't even know where you go to buy fake plaques. Oh, you can get them made anywhere. Like what I did with mine is I just got picture frames. Got the CD. Oh, gosh. This is going to show how. <laughs> be- when I first did it, got the CD sleeve, put it at the top, and then the disc at the bottom. Yeah. Now it's just a c- album cover. So I'll print out the album cover on the thing and then put it in a picture frame. So you could basically do that. Dude, until uh, you sent me that TikTok, I had no idea that was even possible. I don't think. I think that dude's thing is just satire. So it's just a joke. But you totally could do it. He's talking about investing like whatever, 100 bucks <laughs> into making a bunch of fake plaques saying that you are this big time producer and then get all the clients to come in but you have to get them in the door first to see it exactly so maybe a studio tour yeah (laughs) i know i had to do that a couple times Ah. people like hey can i tour like sure especially at the the church studio where i live down the street right like yeah just let me know anytime well hey i've got plaques and they ain't fake (laughs) yeah me either mine are real mine are real plaques but if you're trying to scam people, which your business is probably not going to last long. Exactly. <laughs> if you're doing right. that. Right. But that was just funny. We I, laughed about that. I didn't even know you could. I had, I had no idea. Yeah. All the all the plaques on my wall are I made. Right. Or had someone made. Like one of the one of the people I recorded was a, a church, like these uh, singer ladies. Yeah. And they made the plaque and just gave it to me. And they signed it. It was real nice. Uh, nice. It's probably the nicest plaque that I have in there because oh, cool. I didn't make it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. And then also we wanted to talk about remote work. Okay. Which in the studio, like that is a that is a place where people come in. But I also had projects, which this is this is going to speak a lot to making sure your social presence is well. Uh huh. Because I moved from Dallas, and my website was indexed well. Uh huh. And I moved, and I was getting clients saying, "Hey, can I record?" Oh. And I'd say, "I'm not in Dallas." I said, "But I'll gladly mix." If you send me the tracks. Oh, of course, yes. So I got remote projects just from having that presence still there. I never took the site. Oh, I, I eventually took the site down, but for yeah. like a few years, I just left the site up there and had leads coming in where I could convert them into mixed projects. Yeah, absolutely. So remote working is a big way to make income. Yeah, you have to have sure. the chops, though. Yeah. You have to have the social proof and the, the audio on your website to mm-hmm. show like, 
I mix this. This is quality work, right? Yeah. And it's so easy to send someone files nowadays. Like I use WeTransfer.com all the time. You can Dropbox, Google Drive. Yeah, like what I love about We WeTransfer, you can do up to two gigs. Transfer two gigs for free. Mm-hmm. And um Dude, even some of my biggest projects, I mean, I mean we're talking like 48K, 24-bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a few like, songs like, uh, tracked out. Like maybe even 96 tracks. It was all under two two gigs. Yeah. So it's super. that's a great option. And, 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 and you know what? A lot of the, the big mix engineers and mastering, that's all you do anyway, too. You just send, send the them files, the files. Send back. I mean... That's what I've done to with some big mix guys. Yeah, that, I've actually preferred people not to be in the room. Absolutely, yeah. It just takes more time. So if you were going to be in the room, you're going to pay a lot more. Right. <laughs> That's what I do. I mean, th- what I do is, is send it off to mix, and they send me back uh, mix one. Uh, I I'll ask for a couple of revi- revisions, mix two. Oh, you'll get the revisions first before it gets to the client. What you're Correct. Saying. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're speaking a lot more from the executive main producer role. Well, no, no. Like as as uh, if I'm sending out to him, you mean like what, what do you mean like? Well, if you're doing the mixing, oh right, you just send it straight to the client and they they ask for the revision. But typically, the the mixer, the mixer, the the producer is the client if you're a mixer, right? Typically, right. So that's why, and then also vice versa. You know, as the producer, I'm sending it out to a mix engineer. Right. And so they send it to me and then I send that to the client. Right. Yeah, I think remote work is oh, it's, crucial. It's especially with the home studio. Yeah. You could have your stuff you could, anyone could get a laptop. Yep. I mean, we've talked about this. Making a beat, mixing is not too much different. Nope. You just get some headphones. If you're used to those headphones, you know how to dial stuff in. Yep. You can mix. I've done it. You can be on the beach sipping my time. Right. <laughs> I, I've done a mix I've mixed a project on an airplane. Really? When headphones. Same way I made the beats. How, how did it sound? Bro, it killed it. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think My this is? Higher. What do you think this is? <laughs> I killed it. You know what the key thing is, though, is I got noise-canceling headphones because you're on an airplane. Yeah. I'm sure I didn't finish the mix on the airplane, but I, when you uh, land, you're in the hotel. All right. Super quick. I know this is a little bit of a side, but what headphones do you mix on? Uh, at the time, I had some... Uh, they're in ears. I forgot what they were. There's some black ones. I just got used to them. Like West Towns? No, they weren't. They were not that expensive. Huh? The ones I have now are like I forgot what they are, but they're like maybe 160 bucks. I've never done a full mix on headphones ever, bro. I'm I've been. Mixing I use on it headphones. as a reference, right? But I don't mix off make those decisions off of just headphones. I just I for me I feel like the detail. That you get from having some quality in ears, yeah, 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 is better than in a room that's potentially not perfectly sound treated. You got to reference multiple places, but you remember the name of what you use? I have them here. I don't want to get up and get them. <laughs> we'll talk about it in another podcast. We'll post that somewhere. They're just some in ears. They're like 160 bucks, like six drivers in each ear. Maybe we'll do a tutorial on that. But yeah, the the biggest thing I was thinking is like you have to get used to it. Same thing with speakers. You yeah. know, people back in the day were that's true. NS10s, right? And then you put some other speaker, and then their mixes were not going to translate the same because they're not used to it, right? So really, like my ears got used to these in ears, and then traveling, I had them in my pocket. Boom, boom, plug them in. I'd mix. I wouldn't complete it. Maybe a couple I did. I don't know. That Whatever. is really really cool, man. Yep, and send it off, and it was. 
approved and now it's viral. No, not yet. <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, so remote work, that's like, especially harping on your social media presence is huge. Yeah, you have to absolutely. Have that. And you'll get remote work like that. If your social media is really good and you just got quality work out there, Yeah, remote remote work will come. You have to have the website. You have to have the, the structure to process payments though. Yep. Like oh, a Stripe right. or PayPal or Venmo or Cash right. App or blah, blah, blah. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about outside of like a studio work and all that is we're talking about relational. So I'll let you talk about it. Right? Cause yeah. So m- most of my production work has come through relationships, mm-hmm. you know, either, you know, all the way from pop stuff, like, fr- you know, with, with the Jonas brothers and all that, all the way to, you know, folks that I've gone to church with, Hey, I hear that you, you know, this and that, you know, you're a producer. Can you, you know, can you listen to my stuff and tell me what you think? And then that'll turn into a project. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like just relationship. And listen, I know this goes without saying, but just relationships are so important with all that because it's that relational connection that kind of gives that credibility. Hey, I know you. I, I've heard your stuff. And word of mouth is crazy. Absolutely. Hey, go work with this guy. He Mm -hmm. did a great job for me. Just relationships are super key. And if you as a producer can get into different communities Mm -hmm. around your city, no matter where where you are, I'm sure. Facebook groups are easy. Facebook groups, uh, networking Mm -hmm. groups, all those types of things. There, There are people. And listen, here's another thing that came to my mind. If there's not one in your area, start one. Right, go ahead, but you know, start a Facebook group in your area for producers and yep. mix engineers and all that. And man, especially if there's not one in in your city, and you start one, I bet you'll have something really cool just in a matter of months. Now, what are your thoughts? This is not on our notes, but I'm yeah. gonna throw it at you because I have I have a take on it. I'm gonna see what your take is. All right, come on. What are your thoughts on discounts for people that are friends of yours or or family? I I won't. There's no discount because because the the workload is the same, you know, right? Whether you discount it for family or friend or or, or not, you're still gonna have to work just as many hours and just as hard. Like like if it'd be great if you could discount and the workload came down, right? But that's not the the case. This is what it. That's why I kind of have a set fee for me to, pr- to produce a track, and it's between three and five thousand. Because I know exactly what it's going to take, right? How long it's going to take, right? Who I have to hire to help me get it done, and that does not change. So that's why I don't do it. What about you? I used to. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, wait. <laughs> like, yeah, I got a hookup for you. I'll hook you up. I'll do it for this, this, and this, and then. It's like, I don't know. It doesn't always work out that good. No, it doesn't. You better man. just keep your prices. I mean, you. I think it, depend, it depends on the situation. Because we're in the worship community, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're. I think like it's worth an investment to help people that have, that's someone you believe in. See, now, it, it, now what I, would, I wouldn't give a discount, but what I would do is okay, work out points somehow. You so know you, I mean? you drop the the pay up front down a little bit and then work out a point system That's, the back end. Right. I, I would be willing to do something like that because I mean, but even that, the work still doesn't is is the work's gonna be yeah, the same. I didn't know all that before when I would help out people. Right. I would be like, Yeah, I'll give you a discount, you're my friend. And right. Like, Crap, this mix sucks because they sucked with their recording or whatever, you know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So relational, that's Ray Dog. Let's also talk about selling instrumentals. 
Yeah, you, I mean, that's been, again, a lot of my projects have been artist-based and with labels, but but you you are great at selling beats. But you, in would, fact, I want to get into selling beats. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm actually. So walk out of it. walk me through that, Roman. <laughs> no, how would I? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I've actually I'm trying to phase out of it. Why? Just different reasons. But I'm, I was going to say that you've made beats for people and for productions. Like you made the beats and whatever you worked out points with them, your co-writer. So you're technically selling the beat, right? Well, what's well, see, I call that producing the track. Yeah. But producing is everything. Like you're, you talk about producing the track and then you also talk about being a producer that you outsource to mix, outsource to mix. Right. Master. Yeah. So it's kind of, you're a beat maker too. Instrumental you're right. Maker maker. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of did it. Yeah. So that's but one I way. So I'm, I'm not beats. Right, but I'm not saying that to say like that's the only way. That's one, that's another way of selling a beat. No, I'm curious. I'm curious now. Why don't you want to sell beats anymore? Uh, so when I first, I have to, another story about doing it. When I was at the studio in Dallas in the Garage Studio, recording a lot of rappers, they demanded yeah. beats. They didn't demand, but the demand was there for me having beats. Yeah. So I had to figure it out. So I started making beats. Prior to doing it for rap, I did a lot of like electronics stuff, just learning. Uh huh. FL Studio. Right. Just having fun. Right. And then they wanted beats, and then I looked into beats more online, Google searching. I saw you could buy them online. So I, at first, I would actually refer them like, well, there's websites. And then I realized there was money there to be had because the clients are here in front of me. So I started making beats, and I realized I don't only have to sell it to you in, in person like this or lease it to you. I can make a website. Right. So I made the website. And so you I, made your own beat website. Nice. Because I didn't want to, because at the time- they, How many beats did you have on your website? Like 150 probably. Dang, Roman. Well, I had I had beats just from- That's a lot of work. I know. At the time, I was traveling a lot. <laughs> That's so a on lot On the plane, if I didn't have a project, I would make beats. And if I had free time, I'd make beats. So how, okay, on average, how long would it take you to make beat? Uh, probably about thirty minutes an hour. Oh, I'm a big melody guy. So like, if I had the melody in my head, I'd write. Well, it I'm out. slaving too hard on my beats. Then any like, samples, I would make it from take scratch. Me out scratch. Day. Well, also rap <laughs> beats are like some of them. If they want a freestyle beat, uh -huh. really, you just have to make two bars. Repeat. You can make two bars repeat and I then drop the drums I care out. more than that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's when I started, but then I realized like rappers don't want all this extra melody and blah blah blah. Uh, you could have a synth and kicking drums. They're good because they're just gonna done. rap on front of it. And if it's if there's no chorus at all, there's just freestyle. Yeah. You just need the same thing. Maybe that was my thing, dude. I've I haven't been in the hip hop game. That's like what it I'm, is. I'm pop rock. Where you need an intro, mainly. you need a yeah. verse, you need a pre-chorus, a chorus, a bridge, and the dynamics have to change. Different instruments, right? And then also, uh, you know, the okay, write a song, produce the song, then right, right. I mean that that's been my my experience. Right. Yeah. Well, with the with the beats thing, I had the website because there wasn't websites. There wasn't a Beat Stars or Airbit yet. Yeah. So I was like, I was before them. So I was like, I'm gonna make my own. All I did is put a sound file up there, and I put. A checkout link next to it. So, so how much were your beats? The MP3 lease was ten bucks. A wave lease, which you'll get more amount of sales uh -huh. for that lease, is twenty five. And then uh, a tracked out unlimited was a hundred. So you're basically on average then making about fifty bucks an hour making beats. If it took you thirty minutes, that's an only hour. if you sell it once. <laughs> Ray's gonna be a beat maker now. Look at him. 
<laughs> I'm going to tell you why I got out of it. Uh, you be, you better have a real good reason because the, the that's biggest so, thing about dude, it. 150 tracks, and if you sell them more than once, and they're on average 50 bucks a track, mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good little side business, fellas. It was all right. Okay. I mean, what the biggest beat placement I have came from that on a ten dollar lease, and now I'm making like a couple a chunk, like a couple hundred, wow, whatever, a quarter, whatever. Yeah. But I, what I decided to do is I started working with artists that I believe in. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the best traction I got on selling beats online is whenever I was spinning my wheels so hard on online with putting it out, social media. Pushing, pushing, it was, marketing. I didn't want to do that. Got it. It was like, man, I was, I was, because I wasn't 100% passionate about making rap beats. Okay. I was like a little bit. I'm like I saw a couple sales come in. That was sleep money though, for sure. Right. You wake up and you have a PayPal notification. Like, cool. I got whatever. But then working with artists, like having a home studio with rap, especially. Yeah. You, you just need a mic, and that's it. You know nice. what I mean? And then yeah. So I'd work with one-on-one rappers. Say, well, I'm just doing points with you. Yeah. And that's kind of what I converted into because I was just tired of having a schedule of uploading a beat right to youtube to here to here to here making the beat right setting it up on the website so it's not just making like so if someone no, market wants to, it right if someone wants to go into beat making it's just not making the beat in order to get it sold really there's a lot of work on the back end exactly. with marketing and promotion yeah right? okay exactly. that makes sense and then and then you wanted to spend your time doing other things yeah. i get it that yeah. makes sense yeah i, I was doing it your more time like, is valuable my time's valuable, and I was just enjoying a one-on-one relationship, creating a beat from scratch in the moment. Uh-huh. And that's it. I'll get paid on the back end. Yeah. And if the artist goes viral, great. So be you it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just managing it all. So now I have tons of beats in a folder in Google Drive. Dude, that's all. I want to hear them. <laughs> Which, all right. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing we were talking about with, like, WeTransfer and stuff, Google Drive gives you a free 15 gigs. Whoa. Did you know that? Yep. I think I did know that. 15 gigs so that's a way to transfer files but yeah. it takes away from your total 15 so what you got to do when you email them let them know in the email hey download these files now because in a week or two or there whatever you want to say gonzo yeah that way you'll keep your thing if you want to do it like that you can have it's cheap to get 100 gigs whatever on google yeah uh next thing uh we want to talk about is playing as a musician that's the uh-huh. last thing we want to talk about and then we have a story a good story gotcha well playing as a musician is how i actually got my start um, I'm a drummer and keyboard player, so um, keyboard or piano. <laughs> Just messing. I like to say keyboard because I know the difference. <laughs> Keyboards, you play pads only, is what you're saying. No, I'm I can play more than pads. I can play the piano if need be, but if you want me to put, if you put something classical in my face, I'm like, let's go eat. <laughs> I got you. I got right? you. I got you. So yeah, I can do keys and I play the drums and that's actually how I got started producing. Really? Mm-hmm. Because relationships were built up. Right. Right. I was playing with different people, you know, playing for different projects. And then one thing like, hey Raymond, can can you do some drum programming? Sure. Okay. Hey, can you put some keyboard parts down? Oh, wow. Yeah. And then and then one thing led to another, and then I'm actually then producing projects. So you, you were first a musician. Correct. I think I'm the same story. Yeah. First a musician. Got into a band and wanted to produce the band. 
Right. That's how I got into it. So in in this scenario, though, if, if you know, we're talking about different streams of income for producing, mm-hmm. you know, hey, if, if you make beats, but but also if you're, you know, a player, if you play keys, like you can go out with your artist, mm-hmm. you know, or even DJ. Sure. Yeah. Like even DJ, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And just go out and play with these folks live uh, mm-hmm. in the city, like do a little three or four city tour with them. Yeah. And you're, you're making more money touring than you are from a stream. Exactly. Yeah, if you and if you're getting paid a hundred bucks a show or, or more, that'd be yeah. I mean, that's just extra income. Yeah. And you're getting to spend more time with that artist. Mm-hmm. And so that kinda then naturally on tours, man, everyone starts writing Mm-hmm. typically during during dead time and then oh hey then i can make this beat and then next thing you know when you get back home hey let's go in the studio and record the vocal for it right so yeah yeah i'm thinking too like you could be a session musician absolutely which we talk about a lot like knowing musical theory as a producer uh-huh because that's gonna that's gonna add value to your client absolutely like hey i play piano but i'm hearing the electric part Oh, what do you know? I play electric. <laughs> oh, what do you know? I have a pedal board. What do you know? I have a great, you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly, yeah. Go on there and add value. Yeah. Potentially boost your points up. For sure. You know, yep. you, got, you got some more credit. It's just one more line. thing to have in your arsenal as a producer mm-hmm. that number one, you can make money, but also, and I would say even more importantly, like you can build, it's a relationship builder. Right. And getting your name out there and who you are and what you do and your style. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. One other thing that is kind of related to selling beats is licensing. Okay, yeah. Like getting it on TV, film, mm-hmm. blah, sync, blah, blah. Sync fees, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, sync licensing. I don't I don't know enough about that stuff to really uh-huh. talk about it, but I'm, I know it's similar to a lease. Yes. Depending on your contract. Uh-huh. If, you're, if someone hires you to do a, a sync license for a movie, they may want exclusivity or they may want, you know, just to be able to use it. By right. Royalty-free or whatever. Right. So... That's something that. Do you know anything about that? Um, I know some. I've got a lot of friends who are in that space. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should interview them one day. We should, and then so we can really talk intelligently yeah. about it. But I've got several friends in that space that do very well. Yeah, I remember starting out doing it. I had to look into like or doing beats, like leasing beats. Uh huh. I had to look into it, which is part of the reason why, like some of the placements I have, I'm actually getting paid for with points now. Uh huh. Because I I found a contract, adjusted it to my own stuff. Yeah. And if I didn't have that, I would be chop liver on the the law end of trying to get <laughs> right. you know, royalties from it. But since right. I had that, it showed like you get whatever X amount of this and this and this, and after that, it does this. Right. So once they pass that, it's like now I'm getting royalties for it, which I right. think sync is pretty similar. Where like. They could hire you as a project, yeah, or they could say we want to use this exclusive. You can still sell it, or you can't sell it, right? But that'd be good to get someone on there because we don't have knowledge enough to know. But we yep. do know it's a way of getting some income. Uh, I've got exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there might be a couple more ways that we that we haven't talked about, but we could cover it in the future. Sure. I have a story. What's your story, Rome? <laughs> Which you're going to talk about on the back end of this story too. Okay. So I remember. In the in the box, I call it the box, the garage, mm-hmm. pillow studio. I would work with artists, and I think I think in uh, either one of the emails that we sent out, or I might have talked about it. I remember being like too buddy buddy with people. Yeah, thinking like my wife told me you need to get a contract. 
And I was like, nah, man, I'm an artist. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to be nice. They, they're going to like me because I'm just so nice. Right. So when I first recorded people early on, I wouldn't charge them until I sent them the mix down. Oh, right. So they would come into the studio. They record. I wouldn't take any money. They would even say, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. And I'm in there already. But mind you, I lived on the property, the apartment. So I was like, right. all right, I guess I'm going back home. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Right. So that would happen. They would just not show up but one one person in particular they had a certain music genre which i talk about a lot called rap <laughs> so they were rapping they were rappers they came in they had their own beat they recorded and i was like all right i'll send you the master i mixed i recorded mix and master for him and i was like i'll just send you it and then flip me the money back okay we agreed it's like handshake you know yeah. what I mean? this dude came in rapped he's good whatever i mixed down i think probably two songs mastered them and then sent them I was like, all right, here's the link to PayPal. Silence. <laughs> Ghosted. Ghosted. Man. And I learned a valuable lesson. Don't mm -hmm. work with rap art. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I learned. My wife was very wise with this. Uh, right. She, she were, honestly, I, I didn't realize, I guess at the time I was dumb or ignorant to her. She worked in a studio for years. Right. And she was like the one that made sure people sign contract. Right. But I guess I didn't value what she was saying enough because like, this is different. But I'm wiser now. I was young and dumb then. Absolutely. But she knew like, get a contract. She she didn't really say take a deposit, I don't think. Yeah. Either I ignored it or whatever. I was, I was dumb. But take a deposit because people need to have some skin in the game. That's right. If you right. do that, they're more, they're more validated that they're going to pay you. And they'll show up. And they'll show and up, already spent or they're going to let you know way ahead of time. Hey, yeah. I can't make it tomorrow, as opposed to your sessions in two seconds. Hey, I'm not going to be there. Right? Because they don't care. They don't value it. They don't. Yeah, they don't value it. And even like what what I would do is go go to the the next step and say, fine, give me a deposit now. But before you come, you have to have your payment in full mm -hmm. before we start anything. A big thing too is um, I heard my brother say a lot. If you don't pay, you don't pay attention. That's true. So having some skin in the game does a lot. Absolutely. Like having a contract is a lot too. I haven't. Well, I haven't been fully ghosted. Like, yeah, you have. Like I that. know your story. You have. But but I've had checks bounce. That's ghosted, Ray. Check. Well, well, because but but when you go tell them, hey, the check bounce. Oh, I'm sorry. Then they give you cash. Oh, okay. So you, yeah, it's not completely ghosted. Right. It's not completely. It's ghosted. a misunderstanding. <laughs> Whoops! I thought I paid those bills. Yeah, that, that's what people. That's like individuals paying you. Uh huh. I thought you were talking about like uh, whatever record label. No, I have the, the thing about record labels getting it paid takes for thirty them, years. Do you dude, get paid? It could take upwards of ninety days to get paid. It's yeah. ridiculous. That's an investment more than it is a job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's dude. Like even if I'm, you know, as a player. You know, doing a, a union project for a label, it still takes sometimes thirty days. Mm. So, uh, with as a producer, it can take even longer. So that's wild. So it's not ghosted, but man, I, I sure you, feels like it. I hope you have money. Saved <laughs> right, you gotta up. have it stayed up, or just keep racking up the project. It's gonna, it's gonna take a minute. That was that was one thing I really appreciated about having that that studio at the church. Uh huh. I could just line those mugs up. Oh, I live yeah. down the street. I just lined them up. Let's do boom, it. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Scheduled yeah. you. Hey, if you can't show and you're nice and you already paid your deposit, <laughs> I'm down the street. You know what I mean? I'm not driving like this one now. I drive across town, so I'm making sure. Right. You're going to be there. You paid your deposit. That's right. So 
I think yeah. this is good. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Talking about yeah, different ways to get paid. Yeah, all these things. Because you know what? It's The art of it is fun, right? When we get to make beats, when we get to uh, work with artists, when we get to write songs, that's all the fun stuff. But but also with that comes what I would call some baggage, and that's the business part of it. Yeah. But if you don't take care of it, you can't do the other that mm -hmm. you love. So that's why it's so important. I think so that's critical. a big thing that we're going to help people that are watching and connected with us. Yeah. We could easily, you could easily come with the creative side like you're talking about, but uh -huh. the business side, there's, it is a whole nother fish to fry, so to speak. I completely agree. And there's a lot of nuances to it, yep. you know, and mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, mess ups and screw ups and all that kind of thing that, that, that can happen that have happened to me personally. So yeah. I'd love to share and, ha and help producers get, reach their goals. For sure. And I know like one of my favorite things. Yeah. is being able to marry the creativity to finances. That's right. So if you are able to do something you love to do yeah. and you get paid for it, yeah. it's you're you're happy. Yeah. For my, me anyways. Uh, my good friend Kevin Jonas says all the time, art must become commerce. Mm -hmm. You it's it's a two-way it's a so two-way street. Very true. So yeah, they they've got to be together. Art and commerce need to come together. One thing I missed about beat making, mm -hmm. which it's not big enough for me to go back to doing it online. Yeah. <laughs> I would miss like having my budget set out. My wife and I had our budget set out. We're good. The consistent money, whatever's coming in. And then you get a little change on the side that's not counted for. Right. We're going on a date tonight. We're Let's go. To, we're going to eat <laughs> yeah. some Mexican food. Yeah, we're going tonight. Let's go. <laughs> that's it. Uncounted money. We could use it. We didn't use all of it because we put it back. You know, we got to keep, keep a put little some change. Put some savings. That's right. It's a little celebration gift. You there know? it is. Go. Yeah. So you got to get into it so you can have that experience, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. man. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Absolutely. Quick reminder, forwardproducer.com slash ISP. ISP right on there on the screen if you're watching the video version. Yep. Industry standard production, Industry seven standard ways production. to level up your productions. Mm -hmm. And it's free. Quality product. It's free. It's Let's free. go there, get it, enjoy it. We're very glad you guys tuned in, and yes. we will see you all next time.